0: You're listening to the Sex with Dr. Jess podcast, sex and relationship advice you can use tonight.
1: Welcome to the Sex with Dr. Jess podcast brought to you by Desire Resorts and Cruises. I'm your co-host, Brandon Ware.
2: And I'm here too, Jess O'Reilly, your friendly sex and relationship expert. Joining us is Pastel Supernova, the founder and artistic director of Love Letters Cabaret, which I've heard is pretty edgy.
0: That's what they say.
2: <laughs> so what is Love Letters Cabaret?
0: Uh, Love Letters Cabaret is my burlesque ensemble. I have a I've been running it for seven years now in Toronto, and it's a it's a big showgirl review.
2: So when we think about burlesque, I think many of us think about diverse body types and different types of beauty. Mm -hmm. Is that part of what drew you to burlesque? And has burlesque shifted the way you feel about your own body?
0: Oh my goodness. Um, I've been drawn to burlesque since childhood without knowing. I grew up watching old Hollywood films and those dance reviews always have an element of striptease. There's so much cabaret choreography and the showmanship about it all was what drew me to it but very slowly I started in classical dance eventually made my way there through an accidental booking um somebody just thought that because I did pin up modeling and danced that I did burlesque and I'm a greedy bitch so I took the money and I said yes and then the moment I did the show my life started to change completely um you are open in burlesque you're open to all kinds of body types but you're open to all kinds of people everything is so fluid and um forward thinking although they're taking you know styles from the the past like such old elements but Um, They're still opening people's minds so much so that it's considered niche or sexy in like a frowned upon way because it's too forward thinking for a lot of people. It's not very labeled. So um, I can see how that can intimidate a few. But if you go in with an open mind, you'll meet a world of characters that will continuously teach you through... Art and through teasing and in the show, but the the performers themselves, if you if you find when you start to get to know them, it's um, it's it's a whole other world of study where you're like, oh wow, I'm a better human being right now.
2: <laughs> so it's not just about how you feel about yourself; it's how you interact with other people and how you make them feel.
0: Well, yeah, it's all connected. the The better you feel about yourself, the better more beautiful you can see other like you see other people's beauty because you're not bogged down by your own issues if you can just be like yeah I'm the shit oh my god look at all these other people
2: they're They're also so
0: gorgeous yes and and then you can actually listen to the stories instead of just see a dance and be like I can do that I can't do that I don't like her I don't like him I don't like they who you know whatever you'll see all kinds of things um the beauty in it is that people are really unapologetic about what they are and they're going to tell you their story and they're going to show you their fantasies and sometimes it takes a few minutes to mull it over, sometimes it takes a few days, but you learn the whole time and it's through pleasure and beauty.
1: What did it feel like the first time you performed? You said it was an accident and that <laughs> yes. you you were like, I'll take the money and do my performance, but. I can only imagine the first time that you performed that, like, like, were you really nervous? Did you feel awkward? Was it smooth? How did you feel before and after?
0: I was a little bit nervous, but not because of the show or because of the striptease. Because in contemporary dance, a lot of times people are gonna give you a nude color pair of panties and say let's go do art so art for art's sake it's nobody frowns upon it I see topless people on bus um like adverts all the time but it's contemporary art so nobody (laughs) minds but if you add a smile a feather some lipstick suddenly you're a hoe (laughs) right so um it wasn't so much that but I knew all of that connotation and I was dating someone who was pretty conservative. I stole his car, went out of town, drove a bunch of performers. During tech, I totaled his car and then I did the show and then I walked home.
1: Wow, you went all you were all in from the get-go.
0: Yes. So the answer yes. is it felt like pure adrenaline. Wow. it was pure adrenaline. It was um it was freedom. It was because I knew I knew there was nothing wrong. I was really more concerned about what people would think of me one specific person would think of me after the performance, although the performance was so, so safe, so pretty. It was more beautiful than anything. Um, It was more about like breaking a rule with a, like a specific person that I knew in my heart was always so silly. So it was just like, yeah, I did
2: it. (laughs) Fuck you. (laughs) So when you, when you think about that's an ex, obviously. Yes. Dating as a burlesque dancer, do you find it a challenge? Because I find for women, we're damned if we do, damned if we don't. And then you're in this special field that maybe borders on sex work, but isn't sex work. And there are all these different hierarchies.
0: This is true. Um, Yeah, it's... It's lame. But I think dating in general is lame because... So many people just don't tell the truth off the bat. So there are all these facades you have to filter through. Burlesque is cool because um, it makes people show themselves right away. They can either deal or they can't. Hmm. The biggest kind of annoyance is that they really get into the character. Like my performances and the persona and they fall in love with that. And you're like, cool, wicked and then somehow when something gets a little bit more you know solid in terms of relationship they expect that to all just be for them a lot of a lot of uh, artistic input suddenly somebody else is the artistic director of my work and they have all kinds of advice for me and want to see all my photos and videos before I stream them out to people which is silly because my work has been there before them so i just
2: <laughs> so it's it's a control
0: it turns into a control thing, a manipulation thing. Some people have tried to uh, convince me that they're the only one that can handle you know, my work. Therefore, I should submit to whatever it is the request is, which makes me want to peel their faces off. But.
2: Well, that, that's you know, rooted in misogyny. And in, I think, erotophobia, it's yes. that savior complex. Mm-hmm. right? And I think a lot of dancers, a lot of strippers deal with this. Yes you liked it in the beginning it's what attracted you to me but now you don't want me to do it or you want me to do it in a very limited dictated way
0: yeah you fall in love with me and you fall in hate with me for the same reason but I mean after a while it's fine it I have found um a lot of love in different ways and um and not that I was ever lacking in it but I, I do find appreciation in other things that fill me more than just a partner now which is really interesting and so fulfilling and I know how it sounds to people who you know not aren't in that groove but it's uh uh my world is so much uh more textured now that I don't really care
2: so you talk about people falling in love with a character and you Mm. play this very sensual character and as you said you're casting a spell and I'm not sure if you're familiar with Roxy Delight
0: yeah, I love Roxy.
2: Yeah, so Roxy and we've traveled with Roxy several times mm-hmm. and there's just something in her that is always so sensual. Yes. And, you know, standing next to her, I feel like I'm just... <laughs> not that I don't feel attractive. I'm just not as sensual all the time.
1: Every photo with Roxy is somehow she's got the perfect angles. Yes. I, I don't know if that's a burlesque thing, but somehow you just always know... How to look or how to pose perfectly.
0: That's a that's a star performer skill.
1: Is that what it she
0: is? She is amazing at what she does. She has been since I discovered her many years ago, and she's been doing it uh, with, I think, with a full and open heart. So she really falls in love with people when she looks at them, even if it's for a second, and you feel that, and you you can't deny it when you see it. You're like, bam.
2: <laughs> so thinking about you know people like you, Roxy, how do you create sexiness and playfulness in the mundane Mm,
0: I don't live in the mundane I make sure everything's interesting it (laughs) might not always be fun but like um I keep myself curious don't like to I don't know if it doesn't make me laugh I'm out (laughs) so down to clothing My home doesn't look like a regular home. It looks like a showgirl's den. There are feathers and costumes kind of strewn about everywhere. But um, I have cool friends that keep me excited and keep bringing things to the table that I didn't think of. I really think I'm the most boring one of all of my friends. And they just keep me entertained. And then I want to share it with everybody else I know who doesn't know anything about this world to be like, look at how crazy this is. Come have fun. Let's play. (laughs)
1: I was just thinking that so before you even meet somebody do you think that your how you exude your like how how you carry yourself automatically kind of gravitates and pulls people in that are interesting like is would you say that you agree with that or not really
0: it's the law of attraction so the more you embrace your persona the more you embrace all the things you want to exude the more you'll meet people that give you what you are giving and you know it's a great way to be like, oh, I'm not giving out the right bar. Oh, oh, look at all that
2: energy. Yes, we're on the same, you know, frequency. Let's go. So if somebody's not there yet, mm-hmm. where do you suggest they begin? At my school. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what do you teach at your school?
0: Uh, I teach all kinds of erotic dance at the burlesque uni. Um, I teach it with, uh, I run the school with another performer named Rosie May and we teach from absolute beginners by that I mean not even beginner in burlesque but like you've perhaps never danced before or worked out you come take our classes and we have all kinds of erotic styles we have workouts we have burlesque we have some uh classes that are more campy and fun and Uh, other classes like floor work which you'll get into eventually they're amazing for your body because it's there's a lot of strength in it Um, but within that sweat and like grunt work there is an element of um, contemporary like pole dancing styles in floor work so it's quite erotic and it's open and it's bold and Um, even if you're not great at it at first, it feels really good. And it it really does pull a a different energy out of you. So um, some people come to just be able to be free from their day because they don't have that in any part of their world. So if you wanna come and sweat and flirt with yourself in the mirror and spread your legs and actually do a choreography where it would make you giggle before or just like kinda, you know, take a breath then that's the place to do it. And for those who really get into it, we have more intense programs. We have like a five-week intensive that leads to a show. We have a 10-week intensive. We have different um, levels. The more you do it, the more you want to do it. The ones that like really, really get into it and train hard eventually get on my love letters stage as a show girl. So there are a lot of places to excel or to just be there for a while and just you know, get it out, bring your friends, have a naughty secret, go home, giggle,
2: perhaps perform for somebody else. And do you do anything <laughs> online for people who can't make it to the city of Toronto? Not yet. Okay, coming soon.
0: Coming soon. There will be some classes and there will be, um, I'm doing, I'm creating like a a members only version to my website so that I can put out, uh, I like to do improv teases all over the house so that it's, it's more like... I, yes, I do burlesque, but I really do dance through life, so let's have fun. Now, how do you want to clean your house? Do you want to clean your house by just wiping your walls, or do you want to throw on some sexy song and just Beyonce the fuck out of that wall and just hair whip and swipe? Suddenly, your house is clean, and... You're sweaty and you feel good. <laughs> and
2: you just described Brendan's cleaning routine. Yeah,
1: pretty much. So if you need somebody to... Dang. Yeah, I'm just saying, you know, maybe I should uh, come and attend a class.
2: I'm telling you, boys, boys,
0: <laughs> boys is for you. You need to come and perform it.
1: So how many people who identify as men are, have are, are attend your class? Because if I'm listening to this and, and I'm interested in going and really trying, it, pushing my boundaries, uh. am I going to be the only person male in your class right now or
0: it's possible it depends on the class because we have drop-in classes so um from what i know from what i've heard from the students i think there are maybe a handful possibly five identifying men um but there are a lot of non-binary people who come to our classes there are a lot of identifying women you're going to be more than anything you're going to be surrounded uh by people in a huge age range so like from 19 to 65 very cool it is really cool because all these people from different walks of life come in and they all share this one uh really fun like hour or two hours and uh (laughs) <laughs> just just from what what is said in class and and how you take choreography and notes you really get to to see a, a different spectrum
1: to me it's amazing how you learn what sexy is when you're around other people who are confident with their body like to me when somebody yeah. carries themselves with confidence whether you are 19 or 65 or older or younger yeah. you exude this this confidence and there is an element of uh, sex appeal, sexiness. Yeah. That when you allow yourself to 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 understand it and to accept it, it's like wow, that's really cool. So do you see a lot of that in your classes? Once people are there and they've they're enjoying the moment that that exists.
0: Yes, absolutely. Sexiness comes from self love. Confidence is. I don't really believe in confidence. I believe in being okay with feeling awkward and feeling as you are. I identify as a total weirdo. I've gone through all kinds of walks and, you know, I just, sometimes you're like, okay, this is, I'm the big glittery bucket in the corner and that's cool. <laughs> Sometimes I feel like a bucket. <laughs> and, and and to be okay with it, suddenly somebody is like, hey, you have so much confidence that I don't understand why, but it's just because you just accept what you are. And then if you see that, like I love to see young people with confidence because they're so free of worry. But <laughs> like, I have the shit. My bills are paid. Life is great. Woohoo, hair whip. And then there are other people who have gotten through some life challenges and that makes them not care anymore about what other people think because they've got all these um they've gone through bigger worries it really doesn't matter what you look like it just it just that's not what it's about so the moment you see self-awareness i feel like that person is breathing so deeply that you can breathe with them and that makes you feel better
2: and is there something people can do at home Just to to be more self-aware, to be more in their body, to be more playful. Yes. Play
0: music. Dance. Like, just take time for yourself. And and it's not all bubble baths. But, like, I really believe in getting sweaty. Like, if you really let it out, you can release some of that either pent-up tension or, you know, even, even, like, good energy. It has to come out. If your energy stays within you, it's like milk and it just rots. Like, you just have to let it move through you and and um, look in the mirror and say yes. I say this all the time, and I know it sounds silly, but um, once upon a time in my youth, many, many moons ago, I had eating disorders, and uh, one of the first recovery exercises that you're given is to look in the mirror, and you, you say I love you, and you say yes, and you say I forgive you to yourself in the mirror, and even when you don't believe it, your brain starts to react to those words. So the more you say it to yourself, the more you uh, open up. And if you feel great and you say to yourself, can you imagine all of the energy you just shoot back at you? And it, the really, honestly, I live by that. It's, it's the best and easiest and quickest and cheapest gift you can give
2: yourself. To just look in the mirror and tell yourself you love yourself. You can start with clothes on and eventually work your way up to taking them all off, hopefully.
0: Yeah, or just just look in the mirror naked right after a shower. Yes. Don't even think about it. Just say the word yes. If you can't get yourself to say I love you, just say the word yes. It has the same
2: effect. And that feels a lot, I think, less intimidating in a culture where we're supposed to like ourselves, but not too much. I think that's really good advice. Just yes.
0: Yeah. I saw my my friend is a drag queen, Tainomi Banks. And uh, Tainomi is an amazing performer. But ever since I met Tainomi, Tainomi will find a reflection and just like, ooh check herself out (laughs) and just be like look at me and it's amazing and we forgive Tainomi and I realize oh we forgive you because you're a drag queen because you're this otherworldly creature we've put you beyond us so why can't I be an otherworldly creature in this I don't have to dress like you but I can have that same uh, ferocious energy
2: right and self-love because I think we allow a lot in camp Yes. And when I say camp, I talk about the the performance Absolutely. of self for, for folks. I know it was it was the theme at the Met Gala Fine. camp. And I was on a news set the next morning and they were talking about why would the theme be camp? And I explained to them it's not camp like a tent, pitching <laughs> tents and tarps. It's camp like performance and going over the top. And the reason we accessed those pieces of ourselves is because we want to, and we don't have permission in real life, Yeah, right? We want to look in the mirror and say, damn, I look good. I had a really good makeup day on Saturday. Mm-hmm. My makeup, my hair, we're cooperating, but I can't say it out loud, right? I mean, I can, mm-hmm. but I've been told to show humility. Yeah, yeah. And you can be humble and loving of, of other people if you love yourself. In fact, you're going to be more loving of other people if you love yourself first.
0: Yes, and I, I believe humility comes from... Being that open, the more confident you are and the more you can um, appreciate yourself, I think uh, when you see other people um, go through stuff or experience things that you're not experiencing and some are positive and some are challenging, um, I think you are naturally open to um, appreciating where they're at. If you can love yourself truly, you can totally, you have to accept the things that suck
2: that's that's (laughs) so true the more you like yourself the more you can look and say oh i have this flaw Mm -hmm. right or here's something i struggle with and sometimes you're going to have to accept it and sometimes you can do something about it yeah but if you don't like yourself you're going to be in denial and so there's no growth so i I think that's a a great perspective thank you so much for sharing your story thanks for having me and sharing your energy where can people find you online
0: online uh just look for my name pastelsupernova.com and uh, look for a Love Letters Cabaret. Awesome.
2: We'll be going by.
1: Boys, yes. boys, boys. I'm just saying.
0: Boys, boys, June boys. June 27th is the next
2: show. Brandon's in town for that. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I Your think bucks. so. You'd be a great burlesque dancer.
1: You know, I need some classes. Yeah, Let's but just start there. But
2: you're a natural dancer. You dance to the bass.
1: I do dance to the bass. Unlike,
2: unlike a lot of your family members who dance to the treble, you know. Yeah,
1: thats not, They don't even dance to the treble. It's something else. I don't yeah. even know.
2: <laughs> it's some sort of a just spasming. Yeah. And yeah. Well, thank you again for being here. Thank you. I really appreciate Pastel's perspective. And I took some really important key messages out of this this chat. The first being, the more you like yourself, the more you see beauty in others. And I find this is so true. This is true of your body It's true of your behavior. It's true of the way you let your personality shine. I know the more I like my body, the more I like other people's bodies. The more I'm kind, the more likely I am to see the good in others. So if you want better relationships, start with yourself. And I I know I say this often, but whenever I hear people talking about, you know, lamenting the dating scene or talking about how relationships are so hard, there are plenty of people who are happy in dating and happy in relationships. So we do need to start with ourselves. Be kinder to yourself. Be nice to your body. Tell your body you love it. Smile when you feel it or look at your body. And I loved Pastel's idea of simply looking in the mirror and saying yes.
1: I would struggle with that. I would have a hard time not feeling ridiculous looking at myself in the mirror and saying yes. I'm not saying I'm not going to do it. I just would feel silly doing it at first and i suspect i'm gonna i'll do it and report back But that after doing it a handful of times a dozen times that something starts to change in your mind and you see things differently it's like this idea that you said about you have to love yourself before you can or see beauty in yourself before you can see beauty in others i have a hard time thinking about that concept and i don't want to finish my working day or throughout the day and think i'm a great person i'm a beautiful person i have to think about things more specifically i have to say i am a nice person i like myself just in my head and i think that that will start to change over time because this idea of you got to love yourself is so um vague to me
2: right and you can like yourself and also not always love your own behavior or not always love a choice you made and i think that's part of Really liking yourself, being okay with knowing that you're imperfect. So tonight, will you look in the mirror and say yes? Will you try it?
1: I will. I will try I'll try it and report back and tell you how I feel and if it changes how I think.
2: Awesome. Another piece that I really drew out of this conversation was around nervousness, around sexual performance or around an erotic activity and the fact that those nerves are often related to how we fear others will react, not to the act itself. So Pastel talked about her first time doing a performance, and the fact that she wasn't nervous for the performance, she was nervous about the way a specific person was going to respond to it. And that's really about overcoming the fear of judgment. And when you overcome the fear of judgment, it is so freeing. And when it comes to sex, I think the more pleasure you experience, the more you make pleasure the measure of sex and not a specific outcome, and the more you let go of shame and judgment. So if there's anything about sex making you nervous... Consider whether or not it's actually the sex or the fear of associated judgment and shame and consider if that's, it worth it?
1: Look at this as an example. I record videos, we record these podcasts and videos. I feel uncomfortable simply recording a video and putting that out there, let alone doing something where I'm performing in front of a group of strangers and titillating them with a, an erotic performance. Like kudos to all of those individuals because that's got to take some nerve.
2: Right. I mean, all of us with social, I'm always afraid that what I, what I post is going to make people angry or or elicit negative feedback and I do get some you know negative feedback of course plenty of it and I also get a lot of positive feedback and I get some negative feedback that I can take as constructive and some of it truthfully is is just mean or has really nothing to do with me it has to do with other people with the people writing it or sending it to me and what keeps me going is that I I guess I I think I'm making a difference I think I'm hopefully helping people and so Similarly, when it comes to sex, maybe weigh your own pleasure and what you get out of it against the potential judgment.
1: Well, I think you're dope. And I also <laughs> think you're making a big difference, not only in this relationship, <laughs> but also to other people out there. I mean, when people do comment, I know that they're making an effort. I see people. I, I talk to my friends and they want better relationships. They see the value in it. And um, I think when we when we approach anything you know whether it's approached looking in the mirror tonight and saying yes or just thinking that i am a good person that it will you know better our relationship and other relationships
2: yeah and i think if you're listening you're probably trying to be a better version of yourself which is i think what makes you a great partner and an attractive person and a good person and so yeah i think kudos to anyone who's doing anything even if it's not the path i would take even if it's not you know maybe you don't feel like it's working or it's not working quickly enough but i think if you're investing time in yourself to listen to something like this i'm sure you're listening to even more useful podcasts <laughs> besides this and that's that's what sets you apart
1: yeah good on everyone for making an effort to better themselves yeah. i think that's what a big part of what life is
2: yeah i i also really appreciated that pastel talked about the fact that dating as a burlesque dancer allows you to weed out right away the ones who can't handle you. And I imagine this could be really challenging to have people judge you for your work because it's either sexy or erotic or even sexual. And I'm sure I'm judged for my work more than I realize, but I'm not dating. Uh, But I, I also feel as though she approaches this in such an effective way. She'd rather know from the beginning that someone can't handle all of her than find out later. And this belies the common convention in modern dating that involves hiding a part of yourself until you really know one another and and only sharing once you know them. And her approach makes so much more sense to me. Why hide something important so that they can get to know you and hopefully they won't judge you so that they'll be so attached to you when you reveal this something that they'll be willing to let it slide or they'll be willing to compromise. You know, if I was dating, I wouldn't want someone to compromise and just accept me because they already like me or love me or are attached to me I'd want someone who really likes me for all of me and I was at an event the other day and there were a number of dating coaches and matchmakers and I got into a little bit of a debate with regard to how to approach dating and talking about your expectations so a number of them were saying that you know for example if you want kids all right, if you want children, and they were talking to women, uh, they were saying that these women shouldn't tell their dates that they want kids until they've been dating for a while. They're saying you shouldn't have these conversations from the onset because you might not get a second date or a third date. And while I get that it's good to keep an open mind, that you don't need to share everything, if something's important to you, if you're sure about something, if you know, for instance, that you want to have a kid in the next couple of years shouldn't you share it from the onset to weed out the ones who aren't interested? Do you really have a month to spare to spend all that time dating only to break up once you find out that your lifestyles aren't aligned?
1: I love the, I love your idea of laying it all on the line. I mean, sort of being, being open and honest and transparent from the onset because suppressing a version of who you really are has got to be exhausting. I could see maybe not being a lunatic when you first start dating someone saying, I want kids, I want kids, I want kids, meaning or implying you want them right now. But I think it's important to say, I would like to have children if that's very important to you. Because if the other person doesn't, wouldn't it be a whole lot better, like you said, to know that from the onset before you invest a week, a month or six months of your time and effort?
2: Yeah, so I'm not suggesting that you share everything from the beginning, but I think Pastel's example, because she can't hide the fact that she's a burlesque dancer, it's really just important to share the important stuff so that you can weed out, as she said, the ones who can't handle you. You want someone not just who handles you, but who really likes all of you. And she also talked about the fact that there can be a struggle where people know her as a performer first and they fall in love with a character as opposed to the person. And I think that's something we all need to consider when we're dating. Do you really know the person or are you creating a character in your mind to make them work for you? So just for those of you who are dating, something to think about. What do you really know about this person? And she also talked about the fact that you fall in love and hate for the same reason. And this really resonated with me. And it's interesting because oftentimes the thing that really attracts you to your partner initially becomes a source of conflict over time. And so I want to read you a post from Moon Tower Counseling. And so they check them out on Instagram at Moontower underscore counseling. And they posted this a way, way back and I've been meaning to, to follow up on it. They say one of the greatest conundrums of long-term relationships is that the attributes that attract us to our partners will eventually create a challenge in maintaining our love for them. No way of being on this planet comes without a cost, and relationships are a constant reminder of that. Uh, A go-with-the-flow-made is great until you truly need input and your loved one is unable to access their own perspective because that's just not how they typically operate. An assertive partner can be lovely until stressful times when assertiveness can begin to meld into bossiness. At some point, persistence, which begins as a positive, becomes unyielding. Adventurous becomes unsafe and thrifty becomes cheap. Every wonderful character trait is on a spectrum. And sometimes the common behavior of a partner can dip into the negative connotation on the continuum. So as you seek relationships, ask yourself, So as you seek relationships, ask yourself, what are some of the challenges that my lovely attributes may create in a relationship? What are some qualities that I find myself attracted to, which might create conflict in the future? The key to dealing with this issue in relationships is to first accept that it's common and it helps to laugh at the situation. Of course, the attribute I Sorry. Of course, the attribute I usually love deeply about you is creating a conflict at this moment. Isn't that just life? After acknowledging the issue, people are better at maintaining empathy and understanding as they talk about their longings in compassionate ways. Let me know what you think. Oh, they say let me know what you think in the comments below, so go check them out at moontower underscore counseling. And so...
1: So funny to hear all of those things and think about them in the context of our relationship because you're way more adventurous and social than I am. And although I, I do love that and because it it gets me out and doing things and meeting new people, there have been times where I, I think I have thought like, oh, like, are we going to do this? Are we going to go? Um, but overall, I do really appreciate And enjoy it and I think those moments when I am I wouldn't say that it's not very often that I'm frustrated with them but when I do feel that way it's my own issue
2: well no but sometimes it's just me sometimes I put too much on us socially
1: rarely but sometimes yeah and I think it's more my inability to convey to you look I'm not gonna go out with you tonight you go you do your thing I'm gonna stay in I'm gonna sleep I'm gonna you know, used to hang with the dog or, or you know, go and do something. Used to use the dog a lot as an excuse to stay in.
2: <laughs> what about when I just bring everyone home to our house?
1: Yeah, that, been a few of those. 1 a.m. knock on the door and then 10 people barge in. Late night parties.
2: Yeah, I, I think that's a really great piece of advice from Moon Tower Counseling to look at your great attributes and look at how they can also potentially cause tension. And then also consider the attributes or the characteristics or the personality traits or behaviors to which you're greatly attracted. And also consider how that can be problematic in the big picture. And I love the idea of thinking about these these traits or these behaviors or these characteristics along a spectrum, along a continuum that, you know, it can be good, it can be bad. It's it's not all one or the other. And I, I know you and I, babe, I've talked about how the fact that you're you're safer, you're a little more risk-adverse, you...
1: What's the polite term? I'm an old soul?
2: You're an old soul. But I remember a friend of mine, who doesn't know us that well, we we played on a team, on ultimate frisbee team together, and he was a lot like me. He's like kind of adventurous, always making plans, very social. And I had said something like, ah, oh, Brandon, Brandon's not so social. And he said, why are you always harping on Brandon? And And to me, I didn't think of it as a negative. I wasn't saying... I want you to be more social. I'm just saying you're not as social. And so I guess the way you perceive a behavior is really personal.
1: Yeah, I certainly don't feel like you harp on me for not being as social as you. I still think I'm pretty social. It's just you're social times 10.
2: That's true. So I had a conversation with a tree this morning. We're best friends.
1: (laughs) Probably. I'm not even going to go there. But I also think that it's a reflection of what you think is important. Right. Right? It's the idea that the social person is the Like being social and being out there is the best version of who you can be.
2: Ah, uh, okay. Because he was social. He was assuming that I was When I said you're less social than me, he was assuming that,
1: that was a I, it was a criticism
2: because that's his own perspective because he's so social. That makes so much sense.
1: Yeah. Whereas there's absolutely nothing wrong with not wanting to be social all the time.
2: Right. And you can always as we say in our house, do a Brandon.
1: Pull a Houdini. Yeah. It's amazing. You just kind of disappear. You hang out for a bit and then
2: poof. He just leaves. We can be having a party and then he's gone.
1: Upstairs watching Nine-Nine.
2: That's right. By himself. And everybody jokes, oh, he did a Brandon. Yeah. On that note, we're going to wrap this up. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you to Pastel Supernova. At Real thanks to Moon Tower Counseling as well. Be sure to check them out. And thank you to Desire Resorts. Check them out online on all social media at Desire Experience. Wherever you're at, have a wonderful week.